When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Doc Baker, go fuck yourself, dude. No one, the solution to no problem is a nine or ten year old. <laughs> Hi and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Oh, I want to say something. Uh, we had somebody request to go into the Mimi Bees today and we ask, I, I forget what our entry questions are, but some of them are like, what's your favorite episode? Okay. And this person wrote, when Amy does her, hey everybody! <laughs> well, that's that's ironic because I have a friend who listens to the pod and they asked when you were going to be done doing that voice. <laughs> and I said, probably never. Hey everybody, go fuck yourself! <laughs> The good news, guys, is we don't see a lot of him this episode. <laughs> no, we don't. He's in the background for sure. Although, did you see the picture of Paul with the beard that I put oh, in the Mimi V's? What is happening there? Oh, God. Okay. Guys, I have been on vacation with my mom and my teenagers for a week, okay? My girls, Jenny, did not give a fuck that I took them to the beach. They wanted to be home. They wanted to be with their boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. Significant Oh, others. boy. Like, they could care less. Do you remember tiring of vacationing with mom and dad? A hundred percent I do. Uh, mom Hell and I yes. were trying to think about when the last vacation we went on with them. And I want to say I was about 15 or 16. It was when I met one, one man band on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. That's not the last time we went on vacation That's with them. before Disney. <laughs> that's the last time we went on vacation with them but like when was the last time we went to the beach with them it had to be that time Anna Maria Island last two years ago well you know what I mean us teenagers I don't remember I do remember the the uh, Florida trip though the uh, Disney trip well and I think it was different for us because we always had our friends with us like we yes. went with other families my uh my parents, or my grandmother wanted us to go to Disney World for Christmas. It was something that was like brewing for for like a decade, I feel like. like and then two. when it finally happened, I was 21 and Amy was 18. Mm-hmm. And Amy had us stay in the hotel with my grandmother while we, me and my parents went out and drank our faces yeah, off. 
I just feel like that was really the end of everything, even mom and dad's marriage. <laughs> that was the end of everything. Kind of the end of everything. Huh. But I just don't know why. Like, I even took them parasailing. I saw that. I don't know what their problem is. They want to be home. I mean, I remember the first time we went to Disney and I was kind of like, eh. I was 13 and I was mad that I was away from my friends. Really? Yeah. Okay. See, uh, okay. One Although them... we did have it a little better because we always did go with other families because our parents had friends. And yeah, we don't. They, <laughs> they had kids our age. So at least we have. But remember me and Jamie pouting about Rosie O'Grady's? Remember Rosie O'Grady's? <laughs> we were so mad because we just didn't want to be there. Jenny, I have one daughter. Let's call her Little Jenny, who just is like, I don't want to be around people. I hate people. Yeah, yep, I get it. I want to be in my room by myself. I felt like that yesterday. Like, like I was okay. just like, I'm done with this. I need to be home. Yeah. Can we discuss that when I start my new job, by the time you guys hear this, I'll be ready to start, I think. I'm going to be working from home. Like, this is life changing for me. Yeah. It's going to be so weird. Although for most of the summer, the kids will be home with me mm. and I'm going to want to jump out a window. There you go. But other than that, anyway, guys, we went to Virginia Beach and it was lovely. It was nice. Amy tried to get me to go. You're going next time. No way. All right. Jenny, today we're looking at Little House on the Prairie. We are in season eight. Oh my God. We're crawling along here. Episode one, the reincarnation of Nellie part one, which aired on October, aired in October, 1981. The description reads, Percival takes over the family business when his father dies, which means that he and Nellie will remain in New York permanently. That's it. That's all. I, I have a couple issues with this. Do we don't get any on off screen on screen goodbye to these two? I feel like they probably left the series during between seven and eight, and then they just had to like write that in somehow. Do they ever come back? Do we know? I don't remember. Does Mary ever come back? I don't know. I don't know. Why are you asking me all this stuff? You don't know how to research. <laughs> like I remember. I don't remember anything. I don't remember my own life. I need to get this right because it's going to greatly change how I talk about these characters. So let me look it up. Pause. Okay, we're back. Um, I have some bad news. <laughs> okay. Brace yourself, Jen. We have to see Mary two more times after this. Okay, so she comes back. And Nellie comes back like once or twice. Nellie also, comes back like once in season nine and meets Nancy. Right. I do remember that they okay. meet. That's true. So I got my hopes up. I was hoping <laughs> I, I I go on a tear about Mary later. I'm not even gonna get there. I don't know but, like why they just didn't disappear Mary too, like they did Nellie. I wish they would have. Because, like, like, they had the big goodbye scene, but it's like, why? It just, I don't know. No, they Not really the did first it. episode. Laura is clearly the the preferred daughter here. By Carolyn? Hell no. Yes. So Mary is Carolyn's favorite. There's no question. <laughs> we should have asked Karen Grassley that. Yeah. Mm. Jen, we open on up. Carolyn walking her 18 children to school. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> She heads into the restaurant. Mrs. Olson is having a terrible time trying to make bread. This is a toxic work environment. 
<laughs> we learn that Nellie's in New York City and that she and Percival have been gone for four weeks because Percival's father is sick. Now, we have some anti-anti- Help me. Anti-Semitism from Mrs. Olson here calling Percival's family cheap. They're too cheap. Right out of the gate, Landon. Also, this is written by, directed by Landon. Mm. Right out of the gate. Season one, or season eight, episode one. Like, Yep. Harriet says they won't let Nellie call her because they're cheap. And they even have a code for when they call Percival Collect. I don't know what that means. Oh, I totally got it. I totally I wasn't paying attention close enough to what was going on. You know what they were doing? They Mm. were doing the old, you have a collect call from, mom, pick us up at pennies. Click. That's what they were doing. That's what they were doing. They figured out how to rig the system (laughs) like every teenager in the 80s did. She would say something if they were okay, and she would say something else if things were bad. Yes. Just to give an update on the father. Okay. Yes. Yep. So, you know. I didn't even realize collect calls were a thing then yeah i think you were charged for every call so if you if you listen she said that um they would call and ask for mr holly or something and yes whatever the if the person said they were okay then everything was good so it was a whole system it was like me rigging the mail system when i was a kid okay whatever just pure genius okay so nels walks in and says guess what Percival's father has died in his sleep, and Harriet's like, "Oh, <laughs> she was sorry. just like, I think she's he's like, sorry it. to hear that. When are they coming back?" <laughs> Nels then says, "Harriet, you better read Nellie's letter because it ain't good." Oh, Harriet reads it. She freaks out and she runs off. Nels tells Carolyn in a very emotional scene that Nellie and Percival are going to stay back east permanently because Percival's the only son, and he feels it's his responsibility to take over the family business. Carolyn is so sad for Nels, and this furthers my theory that he wants to bang Carolyn. Yeah, there's some evidence in this episode. I'll give it to you. There's a lot of evidence in this episode. Harriet is after Charles. They would have hate sex, the two of them. Oh, God. And Carolyn and Nels would have, like, tender lovemaking. Okay. (laughs) Everybody go throw up at once. (laughs) Later, Harriet is in bed sobbing and Nels is trying to reassure her by saying they could go do a bunch of shit now without the burden of grandchildren or children to watch. And I'm like, I hear you, Nels. You see me. You Can see I me. just say that things were really dark and sad in the 1800s? Like, yeah. that's what this scene just reminded me of. Yeah. Like, literally dark. Like, there's no light. There's night. no light. Everybody's in bed crying all the time. <laughs> And I'm like, why don't they just move to New York City? And I'm like, oh, right, no social security because people just had to work till they died in those days. A hundred percent. Although that still happens today a lot. Yeah. Harriet's like, no one needs me now. And Nels is like, um, what about me and Willie? And Harriet doesn't need Harriet. Harriet's basically like, fuck you and Willie. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I don't care. I don't want to cook for you. No, she's like, I need a little girl. A mother needs a little girl that she can dress up. Harry wants a human doll, and that's fucking creepy. Put bows in their hair or whatever. Okay, now, at the little house, my favorite scene ever. First of all, what happened to Mary's hair? I have a whole paragraph on Mary's (laughs) hair. (laughs) Carolyn says she feels so sorry for Harriet because she's like, her grandchildren are going to be gone, and New York is so far. 
And Adam and Lump on a Log Mary. This is exactly what I have. Lump on a Log Mary. Wait, what is this hair? Is she trying to look like Joan Collins? (laughs) (laughs) It's too modern. And she still has her beard. Now, her hair (laughs) has been dyed red. It's just too modern looking for this whole thing. Guys, it's reddish brown. It's like I'm demonstrating, which is great for an audio platform. But it's like swooshed up into like an updo with the big bang in the front. Like picture Joan Collins, Dynasty. That's what she looks like. And she she has that beard and it's just glistening in the stage light. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're all the hair and makeup people here. Then they fall asleep on the job. Well, I have a theory. So we know at this time that Michael Landon was macking on Mary's double, the makeup lady. So two things are happening. Either Mary is trying to look as as much like as different as possible than the the stand-in person that Michael Landon is macking on. Or the makeup person is sabotaging her. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. That's a, that's a clear like, sabotage. Like Michael Landon, while he's in bed with the makeup artist, is like, yeah, gotta do something. Sue <laughs> Anderson, come on. Because <laughs> she's a pretty girl. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened. What this they're is a doing mess. to her. <laughs> so Adam is like, Look, Mrs. Olson can go visit them. I'm sure if we were in New York, you'd find a way to get to see us. And Carolyn's like, yeah, yeah no. Mrs. Olson actually likes Nellie. Oh, God, no. Come on, Carolyn's favorite is Mary. No question. <laughs> I just want to say that I actually, when I'm taking notes and I make a joke, I very rarely make a joke when I'm taking the notes. I have everything bolded. That's a, a joke, just so you know. I don't, I don't know why we need to know that, but okay. okay. Just a little how the sausage is made. Charles says, you guys aren't in New York, thank heavens. And Adam's like, well, about that. <laughs> Basically, Adam is failing as a Walnut Grove lawyer. Well, because needs- his most exciting case after the whole land ripoff <laughs> guy, which he mentions, so there's a little continuity there, <laughs> was the a, a case of a stolen outhouse. Oh. You can have the outhouse. Yeah, if take you want to steal my outhouse, you can keep it. Jesus. All yours. So basically Adam's failing at yet another job. So he needs to go back to his daddy's purse strings, to his father's old law firm, and get a job there. So Charles is like, look, I'm happy for you, dude. You worked hard for those two weeks in law school. You deserve this. (laughs) And then Carolyn's like, folks in the city sue each other every day. So there should be lots of work there. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, outside, Charles and Adam have some bro time. And Charles tells Adam that he's super smart and he'll be awesome in New York. And I'm just like, Charles is the greatest actor on this show. Yeah, because Adam's a douchebag, man. At Nellie's, Carolyn is trying to take care of the customers and cook and do all the things. Can we just say that 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 awful customer is there? Why is this guy still going here? That's like a thing. I forget his name, but he's in like almost all the seasons. Yeah, like he, I, I like he's he like, wants... I got the steak is well done. It's like, dude, stop going to this restaurant. <laughs> it's all terrible. <laughs> so this is where Nell's like sees that Carolyn is upset, goes in the kitchen after her, and like touches her. I know, and rubs I her that. shoulders, and is like comforting her. And I'm he's like, like, don't worry, Carolyn, we're shutting this place down. Yeah, it was weird, guys. Like. Whose boss goes in the kitchen and touches them? 
Uh, actually, actually, don't answer that. <laughs> Come on. So Harriet is still laid up. So Nels is like, look, we're just going to close this place down till we find yep. some help. Jenny, just then, Carolyn gets a call on the switchboard. Who is it? And who's coming to work at the restaurant? Hester Sue, who's going to go visit, visit her sister. And then Carolyn's like, you want a job? And she's like, when can you start? She's like, oh, I'll come tomorrow. <laughs> she's like, oh, my sister. sister. <laughs> the best, though, is Hester Sue's like, oh, the state moved in and they actually want us to be licensed teachers. <laughs> I got to get out of here. <laughs> so at the store, Baker comes downstairs. So Baker's been with Harriet. Baker, so Baker is dealing down- sleeping powders. <laughs> Baker comes downstairs and he tells Nels, Harriet's dead. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> he says, she's cut depressed. To her, cut to her funeral. <laughs> <laughs> she's depressed. She's asking for drugs. And Baker's like, I don't know. She might pull out this. She might not. We don't know. Like, she might be okay. Uh-huh. She might not. Nels basically says she's suicidal. And I'm thinking, um... Is anyone going to do anything about this? Well, Doc has a remedy. Yeah, Baker thinks she needs a 9 or 10 year old. (laughs) So basically, Doc Baker is like, his solution to Harriet's depression is for them to adopt a child. Amy? My hand is raised. Doc Baker, go fuck yourself, dude. No one, the solution to no problem is a 9 or 10 year old. A 100% not. Like, maybe get a dog. I don't know. Yeah, where's Nell's dog from that one oh, season? <laughs> he ran off, remember? Yeah. Nels is like, yes, a replacement child is of everything course. we need right now. Yeah. Because Nellie was a complete fucking nightmare. So let's replicate that. <laughs> so now we see Mary leaving. And I could not be happier that this is just being rushed along with no fanfare. It's like, goodbye, Melissa they... Sue Anderson. I'm shocked they got into the stagecoach again, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) So we see Laura and Hester Sue and Ma and Pa and, hey, everybody, it's Manly. And they're all standing there and they're all like saying goodbye. And Laura's like, I'll write to you my Braille writer with my Braille writer so no one can read it. What is that? I don't know. When the stagecoach left, I'm like, they still have a thousand kids. Yeah, goodbye. Did you see... I have to say, uh, Melissa Gilbert, props to you for faking that you were exci- or sad to see Melissa Sue Anderson go. Yeah, seriously. Because we all learned she was a miserable bitch on the set. We've learned Yeah, this. everybody was probably rejoicing that day. Mm-hmm. So everyone tries to pretend they're sad to see Mary and Adam go away. And we learn that they're going 2,001 miles away. Is that far enough, Jen? Not for me. No. All right, Charles sees Baker at the sending off, and Baker once again shares Harriet's medical information with Charles. <laughs> yep. You know. I have I have a theory here that Charles is the emergency contact on everyone's HIPAA form for Baker. Like, well, you know where you, you could put who you could share your information with? I think everybody just puts Charles. He's kind of like the sheriff. He is like a de facto sheriff, isn't he? But there's like, because there's no sheriff in town. He's like it. the, the, the Sino, the sheriff in name only. No, he's not in name. That's wrong. Right. Yeah. Okay. So he tells Charles, Harriet's, Harriet's in depression and is suicidal, basically. Yeah, basically. And I recommended adoption. And I just wrote, there are 
much cheaper options here. Like the the answer to this mental health problem is not adopt another child. Yeah. No. I agree. Take a vacation. Go on the raft. Go on the river cruise. <laughs> Do anything but adopt a child if you're having depression. So Charles is like, look, I have an adopted kid. I have three of them. I'm going to bring one over. I'm going to loan one out. I'm going to loan one out to Harriet. <laughs> Give this a try. See how she likes it. And we'll go from there. So knock, knock, knock. Charles and Cassandra show up in Harriet's bedroom. Not know, inappropriate and, at all. And Harriet was kind of like, oh, well, Charles. <laughs> Hello. Did you get that? Yes. Um, I don't blame her. There's few things anyone would mind hearing like, knock, knock, knock. Hey, it's me, Charles Ingalls, in your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's a phrase every girl wants to hear. So... Cassandra is like, oh, hey, Mrs. Olsen, I'm here to read you a story. So Charles is like, I'm going to head over the mill and see my idiot son-in-law. <laughs> so you and, guys- and Cassandra kind of shoots him a look like, you owe me, fucker. You yeah, owe me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'm giving you free room and board, bitch. <laughs> so at the mill, Jen, Manly is losing his mind because a customer is being difficult because, hey, everybody, I can't handle yeah. any kind of conflict because <laughs> he's a fucking idiot. Okay. So Nell shows up with Cassandra. Now, I want to talk about this scene because Nell shows up with Cassandra and he's like, oh, my God, it worked. Harriet got out of bed for the first time in two weeks and she wants to wash her hair. Okay. Gross, Great. A. But B, then he says, thanks so much, Cassandra, kisses her. And says, I love you. Yeah. I have a problem with this. Yeah, me too. I had a person. I I can't get too specific in case somebody's listening. Let's just say I had a person in my circle. Okay, loosely in my circle. Okay. The outer edge of my circle. Who would always insist on kissing my children when they were little girls. Oh, okay. And they were a man. And I was... I flipped out about it all the time. Yeah. Because my girls were clearly uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so when I was there, I was like, oh, you don't have to kiss him. But sometimes I wasn't there. Yeah. (sighs) Well, I think that whole thing about like kids should be able to say if they want to be touched or not is completely, completely um, rational thinking. What are you? You should be required to hug and kiss people as a child. Gen X pro tip. Don't, don't touch kiss me. random people's children. Just don't. Gen, F, Gen X pro tip, don't touch me. <laughs> merch alert, merch alert. <laughs> Gen X pro tip, don't kiss other people's children. It's weird. No. Unless you're super close to them, related to them. And even then, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I do have a side note here that Cassandra has such cute teeth. They're a mess. And I love okay. it. Okay. Right. Now, Harriet is taking a bath in a <laughs> slipper tub. Did you get that, Jenny? Yes. Okay. Nels dumps water over her head and she starts screaming at him. And he's like, oh, my God, you're being a maniac again. It's so happy to see you back to your normal self. They start laughing, and then she announces she wants to go kid shopping tomorrow. Yep, she's going to go kid shopping. Now we have, and I'm going to put this in on on post-edit, so get ready for this, guys. Because now we have a scene of Harriet sizing up the orphans. 
Yeah. And they're literally playing elevator shopping music in the background. Oh, I missed, I didn't realize the music was playing. It was real bad. <laughs> kind of like department store music? Yes. Really bad. Wow. Harriet pulls a Karen and asks to speak to the manager. <laughs> <laughs> because, Jen, there are no girls of Nellie's caliber here. Oh, God. Okay. So they're being escorted out, and they hear a young girl, and she's, like, throwing a temper tantrum and punching things and smashing dishes. And Harriet's like, that's my girl. That's yeah. the one I want. Yep. And the manager, I just have the manager. The manager's kind of like, you don't want nope. that one. We're nope. shipping her off tomorrow. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. They end up chasing Nancy through town and Nels ends up getting punched. Then Nancy bites her way through Harriet's grass. Why does Nels get punched though? Oh, Nancy because... runs into a place, into a store, and is like, a man is chasing me, help. Mm-hmm. And then the guy runs, and he's like, I'm looking for a little girl. <laughs> yeah, um, I wonder if this man, you know, saw him, Nels kiss Cassandra. He would have punched yeah. him then, too. Seriously. So, Nels finally traps her in an alley and gets her in a crate. This is so strange and bizarre. And then Harriet bends down and like, oh, Nancy... I'm your new mommy and I love you. And Nancy just punches her right in the face. Jenny? Question. That's exactly what I would have done. Thank you. I was like, this is a Jenny move. Um, I have an index card. 
is Nancy. And I had a funny, I had a funny thing happen to me. So her name is Allison Balson, B-A-L-S-E-N. Not to be confused with Allison Balsam, B-A-L-S-O-M, who is a trumpeter. (laughs) And I'm like, tell me this is another actress from Little House on the Prairie that's like a big trumpster. And then I'm like, oh, a trumpeter. (laughs) Like she plays the trumpet. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) So I'm talking about Allison Balsam. She was born on November 19th, 1969 in L.A. She's an American actress, singer, songwriter. She's best known for playing Nancy Olsen. That's like her, her the height of her career. Okay. She also played Chrissy Roberts in this TV drama, The Life and Time of Eddie Roberts. I don't know that, do you? I don't from know what 80, that is. From 1980. Her 1987 song, I Wonder, was featured in the soundtrack for The Legend of the White Horse. Never heard of that either. Okay, I'm looking it up. What's her name? Allison Balson. Okay, she's performing live. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Okay, I have a couple questions. Number one, is that music supposed to go with that singing? I don't, yeah, like it's very weird. Number two, are those instruments. In the same band? <laughs> okay, hold on one more second of it. Wow. Wow. I just, I don't know what to say about that. Okay, it's horrible. Go on, Jenny. In 2005, she released a CD, Aim. Oof. And in the spring of 2018, get ready. Hold on to your seat. She won the title of Voice of the Ocean on an Emerald Princess Cruise. It literally said that on her IMDb page. An Emerald Princess Cruise? What wow. does it does it matter what kind of princess cruise? I don't know. It makes I feel it like worse, that's something it's... that I mean, not us because we don't sing, but I feel like that's something like some random anim- amateur singer could win. Um. Yes, I agree. Somebody's good at karaoke could win that. By the way, there is nothing, I don't think, hold on, Allison Balson, on Apple Music. Oh, oh yes, there is. Balsam, right? S-O-M? No, No, that's the trumpeter. Okay. (laughs) The trumpeter, I think, is actually a real musician. Yeah, there's nothing. Is it one L or two? Two. No, there's nothing. She's terrible. Yeah, that was bad. Oh my no, god. No, the trumpeter actually is like like has won awards. Like she's a real musician. Like he's a legitimate person. Yeah. I have it's to tell you something. Person. Speaking of Emerald, when we were down in Virginia Beach, some guy recommended a restaurant to us and said Guy Fieri went there and mom jumps in and goes, My daughter loves Guy Fieri. And she was talking about you, apparently. And she goes, you're Not this one, my other one. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um I mean, this this reminds me of when you assigned me a football team. Like, you guys just make up this life. I know. That... No. You said you liked Guy Fieri. No, I didn't. You said what you I thought said... he was cute. No, I didn't. <laughs> Absolutely not. What I said is, he's actually really that person. I thought he was created by producers, like, for TV. But he's, no, he's actually that person. 
So I have to tell you, you know the podcast What a Creep? Yeah. They had one on Mario Vitale. Oh, and he was a creep. They're not a creep person was Guy Fieri. He's actually <laughs> He's not really a creep. good dude, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jenny loves going to Flavor Town, everybody. <laughs> oh my gosh. But you guys just like create this whole other persona that you mm-hmm. think I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that helps you think it you does. have a different sister than you have. It does. So, Jen, the manager of the orphanage does not want to give them Nancy. He's like, it's going to be a disaster. She will terrorize you and run away. Uh, Gen X pro tip. If someone tells you a dog, a kid, or a cat are going to be a complete fucking nightmare, don't take it. Don't take it. Don't take it. Okay. In the four weeks Nancy has been there, she has set fire to her bed, broken every window in the place, poured plaster into the indoor plumbing, and bitten half the children. Wow, she's like a rabid dog. She's not like a child. (laughs) And Harriet goes, well, girls will be girls. Okay. She clearly has emotional trauma and was probably abused. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So the manager's like, look, Nancy's going to have to agree, and she won't because you'd be crazy to take her. And Harriet's like, hold my beer. So Harriet goes and she sits outside of Nancy's door and she starts telling her a story of Nellie and how she's never told anyone this, but Nellie was hated because she was mean and spoiled and conniving. And guess what? Mrs. Olson understood it because she was exactly the same way when she was a child and she will love Nancy no matter how she is and she does not have to change And she will spoil her with dresses and toys and candy. And please give me a chance to be your mother. Nancy comes out of the room and I had PTSD when she went, mother? Because I was like, oh my God, I remember this crazy girl. Well, yes, A. Wait, I feel like she was way crazier than Nellie. Yes. Like more sadistic. (laughs) Yes. Um, Agree. But I thought Catherine McGregor acted this really well. Me too. And I wish we had more of this. Yeah, it was great. Jesus. All right. So the deal, the deal is sealed. Now we see the Olsons arriving home and they're bringing Nancy in the house to meet Willie. Willie's eating the biggest sandwich I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Willie, voice of reason, is like, (laughs) wait a second. We finally got rid of crazy Nellie and you're bringing in a second one? He's like, we were held hostage in our home for like, for like half our life, half my life. And now you're doing this again. Yep. So he runs off and Harriet's like, he's just jealous. He'll be fine. Shouldn't you have even given him a heads up that you were doing this? In school now, Jen, Laura is teaching weights and measures. And I was waiting for a good Laura scene. I she's know. Like, like she she's was like, like can anyone tell me? No. <laughs> I was like, fuck. <laughs> fuck, here we go. The kids are like trembling and then thank God Mrs. Olson came in. How many kids, how many of you can tell me how many feet are in three meters? How many? How many are there? You should know this. Who did study? So Harriet barges in with with Nancy and she's dressed exactly like Nellie. Oh my God, it's so weird. And Laura is kind of stunned and freaked out. Laura's taken back. Like she has a little bit of like PTSD for sure. Laura's like, Wow. She uh, looks just like Nellie. Nellie 2.0. So then Nancy wants some water. So Laura sends Cassandra out with her to the pump. And Nancy starts asking Cassandra, who's that hot guy you're sitting next to? And Cassandra's like, it's my brother, 
No offense, Albert. No offense, Albert. (laughs) She's like, I want to sit next to him. And Cassandra's like, no. No, bitch. And then Nancy takes dirt and starts rubbing it all over herself and rips her dress and then grabs. And this is hilarious because I have been this person where you're. You're like in that split second where you know something's going to go down, but you don't know how to react. (laughs) Cassandra just has this look on her face like, what is happening? And then Nancy just grabs her and starts shaking her and is screaming, let me go, let me go. So now we are to believe that Nancy was beaten up by Cassandra. I know. She's like a foot taller than her. So Laura knows what's up, but she decides... Hey, Cassandra, I need you to take all the blame for this. You need to be the fall guy here. And I need you to take the high road because clearly this kid is fucked up and I I need to get through to her. Okay. Now at the little house, the entire family plus Hester Sue. Wait, 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 wait. So Cassandra, like a fucking soldier, is like, I'll stand in the corner. I got this. Yes, she does. Because Laura almost broke. Well, she did. Yes. Because... Harriet demanded a punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just um, say that Harriet's wearing the same dress all week, too? Can we just say that Cassandra can act, act out act any fucker on this show? She was good. Yeah, she was good. God. So, Jen, the little house, plus Hester Sue, they're all there. They're gossiping about Nancy. Mm-hmm. Albert's like, this bitch is cray. Like, she yeah. is just like her sister. And Albert so, knows crazy. Uh, he does. So He's they're like, stuff. let's pray for her. Okay, so they all pray. That'll help. So the next day in school, Laura is dismissing them. And she reminds everyone that there are singing auditions this weekend and book reports due Monday. Nancy says to to Albert, I think I want to audition. And Albert's like, that's great. But I'm going to tell you right now, Belinda Stevens has this in the bag. Belinda Stevens, who came out of nowhere. I feel like we heard that name before. Mm, Do we? She's like 37, first of all. I'm giving tra- I'm giving Michael Landon way too much credit. So she's amazing. And then he walks out with Belinda and Nancy runs after them and she's inviting Albert. So basically, here's what's happening. We are recreating the Laura and Nellie feud with yeah. Cassandra and Nancy. And now we have plunked Albert in there somehow. Well, no, the girl, other girl is not Cassandra. No, I know. But like with the feud with cassandra and nancy oh, earlier yeah. mm-hmm. so i don't know nancy runs after them she's inviting albert over come have candy blah 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 remember nelly used to do this with all the boys yeah. but the weird so, thing is is like this is well remember they were in love with the big older boy yeah yeah what's his name shoeless luke? joe jackson what was his name luke johnny johnson johnny and johnson, luke yeah. there was a luke mm-hmm Oh God! Remember Luke? Mary was in she love almost with got him. Ma- no, no, no! Didn't um, Nellie try to marry Luke? Was that the one she tried to marry? Oh God! I forgot about that. In the two brides or whatever, when Miss yeah. Beetle was getting married. Yes, another double wedding. Another double wedding. Mm-hmm. So Albert's like, I can't come into your house, little kid, for some candy because I have to walk Belinda home and cop a field, make out with her behind the mill. Right, because he's like, I'm almost ready to get married. And you're like 10. Right. And I just wrote, Belinda girl, you're in danger. You're in danger. Because Nancy just bites her her lip and looks at her like... Uh, Yeah, it's going to be bad. And then we have a to be continued. Jenny, whose fault is this? 
This is Nellie's fault for leaving. Mm. I feel like she 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 left like she should have come home and like eased Harriet through it. Instead yeah. of just writing a letter like I'm out. And Harriet's <laughs> pretty wealthy. She could afford to go spend a week in New yeah. York. Totally. It's weird. It was just a pain in the ass to travel then. Like it was just hard on you physically to travel. It's kind of a pain in the ass to travel now. Yes, it Although, is. Although, like a champ, I drove 14 hours last week. Oh, God. Ugh, I hate driving. I would rather drive than fly. Oh, I love flying. I'm seeing, like, horror stories again about flights being canceled. And... Oh, yeah. Starting again. Jeez. And they're starting to get real expensive, too. Yep. So, Jenny, um, I don't really know whose fault this is. I want to blame Mary because I feel like... Everyone's negative energy just was absorbed by her for so long. Now her leaving, now it's like all over the place. She, it's okay. not ma- the poles are not unmagnetized now. We don't know what Whatever. to do. Whatever. <laughs> um, Jenny, at the end of every episode, we look back on theme or lesson, something we took from the rewatch or the original. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. Jenny, what is your why for this episode? First of all, did you remember this episode? Uh, sort of. Yeah, me too. Like, I okay. remember details of it, but I sort of remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why we all grew up thinking that if you have a hole in your life, just adopt a pet or a child. <laughs> just fill it with something. Maybe buy something. Ooh, ooh, have a have a baby to save your marriage. Like, don't don't deal with your problem or get over mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just move on to the next thing. Yeah, like the divorce. That was like baby. a real way of thinking. Yeah. I have, this is why we thought our parents' lives would end when we grew up. <laughs> like, we we didn't really think that they would do anything beyond us. Right? Yeah, I, don't, I feel like I didn't think that. Did you think that? I think I always thought of motherhood as this all-encompassing thing that never ended. I mean, <laughs> from where you're sitting right now, would you agree that that's still true? <laughs> um... Yeah, but I think that I have tried to work really hard to have my own life. Yeah, but like it never really ends. Motherhood doesn't end. I I have a lot of friends whose complete lives revolve around their children. Oh, I see what you're saying. And then you worry about like, what are they going to do when their kids leave? Kids leave. So they're, they're not like counting down to the days their kids move out of their house and go to college like you are? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Three years. <laughs> um, no, I just think it's weird. I think, I don't know, maybe they're better parents than I am. But some people no, are I completely devoted to their children. I think when you have unusual attachment to your children, this is, I'm not passing judgment on people, but I don't think that indicates that you're a better parent. That's putting a lot of pressure on your kids. I think sometimes people have unusual attachment to their children out of trauma. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's something wrong with the parent. Like, it's good to be close to your kids. That's fine. But, like, they're going to live their life. They're going to go to school. They're going to move away. Or maybe they're not. But they're going to have their own lives. But they should feel like they could. Right. Yeah. Like, I have to give... Nellie, some credit here. It took some balls for her to... Maybe maybe she realized, like, that's how she had to do it. Yeah. True. The band-aid. Right? (laughs) Because would Harriet have let her go? No, that would have been an ordeal. Michael Landon could have written a comedic episode in which Nellie tries to leave town and Harriet tries to stop her. Mm. 
I don't want to watch that. It sounds weird. <laughs> Let me summon the ghost of Michael Landon up and give him that idea. Let me call Dom Balak. I'll be back. God. All right, Jenny, what do we have coming up next? Tell everybody. It's the reincarnation of Nellie Part 2. Mm-hmm. And what's the description? Nelson Harriet's newly adopted daughter, Nancy, quickly settles quickly into their new home. Harriet delights in spoiling her, but the child is a diabolical monster who creates major trouble everywhere she goes. Wow. All right, guys. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.